This is a mega story. It's the story of a generation, and it's not being covered properly by the mainstream media. And my headline on this particular podcast is this. Biden is willing to start World War III. Brian Sussman here. This is the podcast, Faith, Family, Freedom. The mainstream media is purposefully sidestepping this story. It's gigantic. Joe Biden said this on Friday. He was speaking to the Democratic caucus in Philadelphia. So all the Democrats in Congress got together in their caucus and he spoke and he said this to them as commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces. He has a sacred obligation, his words, to defend every square inch, his words, of NATO territory, even if it means starting World War III. He said this on a Friday. You didn't hear it over the weekend. You're probably not hearing it today. NATO is, of course, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, multi-nation treaty group that, by the way, has repeatedly stated that Ukraine has not met requirements for membership. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. It's never met the requirements. Now, the majority of countries surrounding Ukraine as well as in Europe, are NATO members. But again, Biden, let's think about what he said here, friends. He said that he was willing to go to war if if Putin goes beyond Ukraine into those NATO countries. A World War III. Now, at the caucus, to be fair, to be fair, he did state that providing direct military aid to Ukraine could indeed spark a world war. So if we were to provide direct military aid to Ukraine, that could spark a world war. But if Russia were to go into any of those other NATO nations, we would be the ones who would say, aha, you're on, let's start a war. Now... I'll read something else from Joe Biden, and then I've got so much more for you that you're not getting anywhere else. Biden told the caucus we're going to stand together with our allies in Europe and send an unmistakable message that we will defend every inch of NATO territory. If they, Russia, moves once, granted if we respond, this is World War III, but we have a sacred obligation on NATO territory. That was his full quote. Now, What he said on Friday squares with what was said on Monday by the acting U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Christina Kivian. She said, we're trying everything we can to make sure it doesn't lead to World War III. They're they're throwing this World War III thing out there. Casually. You know, it's just a shame that the vast majority of the guys who fought in World War II are dead. Because they could tell you the hell they went through. World War II, how about World War I? They're talking about World War III. She said, ultimately, that depends on the actions of President Putin. We have sent extra troops to Poland and other NATO allies that border Ukraine to make sure that they have the security they need. If Russia takes one step, one inch into NATO territory, NATO will be prepared to respond. We're willing to start a World War III. Let me give you some background. NATO is a 30-country alliance that has been supplying assistance to Ukraine in the form of money, 
weapons and sanctions against Russia. However, it has not deployed troops directly into Ukraine because Ukraine is not a member of the alliance. Instead, NATO forces are at the ready to defend nation members should Russia escalate its aggression and attack these, attack these alliance countries. And also a little more background, NATO was initially formed just after World War II to deter the expansion of the Soviet Union and curb any strong nationalist military movements in Europe like the Nazis. Now, let me just tell you something. This is a thumb in the eye, in the eye of Putin. Putin is fully aware of what I'm about to read to you, and I'm sure it ticks him off. This is a proxy war, my friends. It's a proxy war. Biden has confirmed that 12,000 U.S. troops were on Russia's border with Latvia, Estonia, Romania, and Lithuania. So we have troops on the border. Biden has also authorized $200 million in military equipment for Ukraine. And prior to that $200 million, back in February the 26th, he gave a record $350 million, a record. We've given them $550 million in military equipment. Oh, sure, we haven't given them any fighting men, but we've given them fighting might. It's the same thing. It's proxy war. We are at war with Russia right now. And, and Putin knows this. I've got more. I've got more. Please just stay with me. Should we be surprised if Putin were to respond to these threats in kind? I mean, if Putin gets to the point where he feels Russia has nothing left to lose, then he's more likely to order destructive attacks against the United States. This is just common, common sense. And maybe we're talking cyber attacks. Great. How would you like critical infrastructure to go down the United States? Let's start with, let's start with internet. Let's just start with internet. You know what that would do? Banks would be closed. Every supply chain would come to a halt. Millennials wouldn't be able to get their Netflix. Oh my gosh. I can't scan my phone at the Starbucks. Okay, now there's that. Let me give you something else that no one talked about. This is the new Russia-China agreement, an agreement to defend one another. The media has completely avoided this. Should have been breaking news. Should have been flashing on the bottom of your screen, flashing on your phone, Russia's invasion of Ukraine was preceded by a long, long meeting between Vladimir Putin and Chinese President Xi. That was on February 4th. That was the beginning of the Chinese Lunar New Year, which was very important to the Chinese. These, these dates are significant for them. And also the Beijing Winter Olympics. And following the meeting, the two men re released a 5,400-word document announcing a close partnership between their two countries. They declared that China and Russia hold a no-limits partnership backing each other over standoffs on Ukraine and Taiwan with a promise to collaborate more against the West. Now, let me break down what I just said. They have a no-limits partnership. It's like, I got your back no matter what. 
if we go in to take Ukraine and NATO stops us, China is saying, we'll be there for you. And likewise, China is saying, if we go to take Taiwan and somebody tries to stop us, like the United States, Russia says, we've got your back. And without naming the United States, they criticized attempts by certain states, quote unquote, certain states to establish a global dominion, incite confrontation and impose their own standards of democracy. So it's like a middle finger to the United States. Now, what's also interesting, I was on George Soros's website and regarding this partnership, he said, quote, we can only hope that Putin and Xi will be removed from power before they can destroy civilization. Removed from power, I ask? How? A war? To do that, you'd need the American public willing to back Joe Biden if he were to make such a move. Soros is pushing for a war. As a champion of the World Economic Forum's Great Reset, I've talked a lot about the reset. You can find it on my blog, briansussman.com. You can go to past podcasts. Soros surely knows that a massive war could bring about a one-world order and a socialist economy, leaving the rich at the very tippy-top and the rest of us either dead or drones with meager cradle-to-grave benefits, including free Netflix, Starbucks, and Uber rides. So now examine the propaganda that's coming from the left and their media partners. Congressman Mike Thompson has said, quote, the prices you're seeing at the pump are are the result of two things, rapid shifts in supply and demand caused by COVID-19. Well, the World Economic Forum love that. They've been in preparation for such a thing for some time. I've talked about that in past podcasts. It was their opportunity to see how at the snap of a finger people would march to their orders, and it worked. Worked pretty damn well, didn't it? So Mike uh, Thompson is saying, well, you know, COVID-19 really screwed things up. And then the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So folks, if you're, if you're PO'd with prices at the pump, blame Russia. Likewise, Kamala Harris blamed Russia on gas prices, which impact, by the way, the entire global economy. She said, such pain at the pumps is, quote, the price to pay for democracy. What? the price to pay for democracy. So again, the uninformed hear that and they go, yeah, right, Russia's doing this. It's all about Russia. They're doing this to us. They're ruining our democracy. This is a propaganda ploy. This, these are the, the first drumbeats to stop Putin at all costs. War. Well, yeah, I guess we have to. Look at the price of gas. Yeah, we've got to. They're, they're, they're ruining democracy. The headlines lecture us of the pain at the pumps, inflation, supply chain breakdowns, all real. Humanitarian desolation in Ukraine, real. Russia making threats against us, real. Putin is a madman who needs to be removed from office. That's what they're saying. Even assassinated if necessary. I have heard from some of the most peacefully minded people I know who say in a text, Putin needs to be killed. He needs to be assassinated. No one thinks of the ramifications of that. Oftentimes when a, a dictator like Putin is put out of office, the vacuum for a period of times is even worse. But sending our boys to Eastern Europe to fight another war? I believe this is the bloody desire. 
All the while, nothing is being said about Russia's big boy partner, China. If this war or conflict, as the politicians always prefer to say, becomes a wider conflict in Europe, the effects would spread across the globe, stressing the geopolitical, stressing the economical, stressing the institutional foundations of the international order, of the global system of alliances, the international financial banking system, global energy markets, arms control regimes, global institutions. It would, chaos would ensue. And by the way, I have friends in Nigeria who are paying the equivalent of over $10 a gallon right now, waiting five hours in line to pump, pump gas in their measly little Toyota. And like a lot of my friends in Nigeria, like a lot of people around the country, I should say, are, are experiencing, like my friends in Nigeria, no region of the world is going to be spared by this inflation, this, this economic upheaval. And who would be smiling Yes, Klaus Schwab at the Economic Forum, the World Economic Forum, the WEF, Soros, Gates, and the cabal patiently pushing for their great global reset, which includes, by the way, the Democrat Party and the mainstream media. A mega reset in which the population is called and they become the masters with the remaining few, the peons. Now, fortunately, I've read the last book of the Bible, Revelation, and no matter how hellacious things may become, for those who have bowed their lives to Jesus, it all works out fine. And that's where I want to go for the balance of this podcast. So I'm recording this on Sunday, the 13th. Yesterday, the 12th of March, we had our Bible study. It's an international Bible study that I'm so, so honored to facilitate. We have men from all over the United States, but more importantly, really, for the sake of, of context, all over the world. And what we're studying happens to be Jesus' words to us in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. And we also find this same discourse with a, f a few different details in Matthew, chapter 24, and Luke, chapter 21. This is Jesus' discourse to a few of his followers just a couple days before he dies. He's talking about the very end times. And a lot of you are familiar with some of this. Uh, he talks about when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will also be famines. These are only the beginning of of the birth pangs. And he goes on from there. Now, some would say, well, we've had a lot of wars over the years. Yeah, we have. We have. And we've had a lot of kingdoms against kingdoms and a lot of earthquakes. Yes, we have. But what we have to remember is God doesn't live in time. He lives in eternity. So, it would seem to me just since 1900, we've had some hellacious wars that have taken place and some terrible pandemics and a lot of mega earthquakes. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Wars, rumors of wars. There have been some big earthquakes of late, by the way. Nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. If you were to take a look at the, a map of the world of current armed conflict, it's like we've never seen before on planet Earth. The armed conflict includes Mexico right now. 
it's it's not an effort to take over the country by anybody, but it's the cartels which run certain aspects of the country. And it's it's a battlefield. And then you get into Central America, and now it's starting to spread because of the spread of communism in South America. And then you look at what's happening in the Middle East. And you go to Africa. Everybody forgets Africa. Most of that continent is war-torn. It's awful what's happening there. Much of it from radical Muslims. It's, it's terrible what we're seeing right now. So a lot of people are just sensing, my gosh, there's just, certainly there are wars, and if not, rumors of wars. And we're seeing families. I mean, Jesus talks about that as, this as well. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of my name. There is a growing Christian persecution taking place on planet Earth right now. And it's beginning to show up like never before in the United States of America. And regarding brother against brother and father against his child and children rising up against parents, look what this vaccine has done, tearing families apart because somebody's not vaccinated or somebody doesn't want to obey the mask mandates. It's terrible what's happening right now. So we talked about this with our guys. And as we were talking, we basically asked three questions. What is coming? How do I prepare? And how do I pray? I, I just want to bring in a guy who helps me facilitate this wonderful study each Saturday. He's the swimming monk, Jeff Langscove. He's online at swimmingmonk.com. Jeff, thanks for joining me in this edition of the the Brian Sussman Show Faith Family Freedom Podcast. I want to dive right in and talk about our brothers in Nigeria with you, Jeff, because what they had to say was incredible. You know, one of their one of, you know, as they go through their day and they give thanks to God, sometimes their thanksgiving is, well, we just heard 50 Christians were killed in this town. Thank you Jesus, it wasn't 100. I mean, that's their prayer, Jeff. Yeah, it's it's a different, I mean, I, here's what I was thinking too. We complain about the increase in inflation and gas prices. And their perspective is, is their, their, their complaint, for lack of a better word, is we're not grieved over 50 people being killed for Jesus versus 10 that it's become commonplace. And so their, their level of conviction is about, about the loss of their brothers and sisters under the brutal sword or gun of radical Islamic jihadists. That's, that's their world and that's their concern. And, and, and we, we get upset because the price of gas goes up. Mm-hmm. And then we had another, we'll talk about the price of gas in just a moment, because that plays into a lot of things. But we had another brother who was telling us, uh, you know, he lives in Kurdistan, and he just got back from a conference of, of yeah. Christian leaders from around the globe. And they were all talking about, get ready for great revival, but get ready for great persecution. So revival on a global scale persecution on a global scale. And I just wondered what your take was on that as you heard it. 
Well, it's been said that the the blood of the martyrs are is the seed of revival. That's that's kind of an old cliche mm-hmm. among church historians. Wherever there's been persecution, was the blood of the martyr becomes the seed of revival, and it goes back to Jesus Himself, who, as the Lamb of God, came to take away the sins of the world, but He had to take up His cross. Mm-hmm. And you know the the, the popularity that Jesus had quickly faded toward the end, right? The Mm -hmm. ones that were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Within less than a week, we're shouting the same one that we're shouting crucify him. So this idea of persecution should always be a part of our expectation because populism and favoritism in the world for the Christian is short-lived. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we might ride that wave for a little while, a while, but but the wave of antichrist, anti-Semitism, is always in a, just around the corner. Brian, you often quote that scripture from Paul: "Anyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall be persecuted." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you have the persecution, and you have the harvest mm-hmm. that that often go hand in hand. Um, we see this in China, for example, yeah. as well in the last generation. Well, we also had a brother checking in. Um, I, I'm not going to tell you where he's from in this world because we always try to keep his we always try to keep him anonymous. But he lives in a Muslim region. Let's just say that, and he's he's a missionary in a Muslim country and has been for many years. But he said what he tells all of his other Christian leaders and disciples there is to live as if your next breath is your last. Now, that's hard for us to wrap our brain around here in the Western world, especially the United States of America. But what were your thoughts on that as he spoke those words to us? A couple things came to my mind then. And just now, you know, the Psalm says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So there's a call to praising the Lord with every breath we take. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the breath of the Lord that was breathed into Adam. He became a life giving, he became a, a living soul. It says eternity mm-hmm. was breathed into him. And Jesus, when he came back from the dead, went into the room through, walked through the wall and the disciples were in utter terror and fear. And he, he said to that, he, he said, received the Holy Spirit, and he breathed upon them. Mm-hmm. So there, there's here's the one who was raised from the dead, breathing mm-hmm. upon his disciples, speaking to their fear, and imparting to them resurrection life and forgiveness and reconciliation to God, knowing that every one of them would lay their life down for the gospel. Yeah. So yeah. there's a sense where the breath of God is a death sentence, mm-hmm. but it's also a resurrection uh, ultimate resurrection. So that's just part of the, I think, following Christ that we receive his life and we want to give our life for him. We want to give our breath to him. One of the things that we discussed, and you touched on it briefly uh, a moment ago, uh, we were just talking about the situation of this world aside from the persecution there's an economic upheaval that's taking place. And I don't think 
people are really aware of how, for example, gas prices here in the United States, which are rising, people are really getting angry about this. Uh, but the gas prices in the United States rising are nothing compared to how they're rising in other parts of the world. But we had one brother in our gathering who lives in Africa said he was in the queue, as they call it, you know, the line. He was in the line for gas, in the queue for gas for five hours. Five hours. So let's talk about economic upheaval that's taking place and how this in many ways is unprecedented and how, how perhaps we can use that as Christians or certainly Christians around the world are using this as an opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I vaguely remember the days of Jimmy Carter gas, gas lines. I was in, I think I was in high school. Yeah, I and, was a young um, kid as well. Those were early college. And I remember the lines. I don't know mm -hmm. that they were five hours. So, I mean, we have historic precedent, historic precedent, even in our own country about well, gas. <laughs> and he he turned out to be a one term president because of that. exactly. So yeah, I think there's a lot I, of. Right. There's a lot of similarities between this this administration in the past and, and just national circumstances. But yeah, I think to your point that the the lines of the world should become should be seen as we can either become incensed, angry, frustrated, or we we adjust our 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 focus and and with the, with a captive audience that we have right now, we become the salt of the earth. We become the light of the world. We become that person that gives a cup of of cold water to the, to those who are thirsty. That we're you know we, we're prepared to to share that the life and the hope that we have, rather than just becoming a part of this mob, angry divided hateful culture that's that seems to be growing in our midst in our yes. country well okay to that point and here's where i was going with this um we had another brother who's in south america who said let's look at ourselves as an army we're an army on the offensive and even small victories are okay yeah. so when you're talking to that person who maybe lost their job because of a COVID ban mandate. They didn't get the vaccine. When you're talking to that person who says, I, I can't even afford to drive, drive my truck to work anymore. It's getting so expensive. Or the person who was invested in the wrong stock and the stock went into the dumper. Uh, these are opportunities. We don't wish that upon anybody. But Jeff, this is where Christians need to start stepping out and saying, you know, instead of just simply saying, which is okay, I'm, I'm praying for you, man. We need to step out and say, can I tell you about Jesus? You know what I'm saying? We need to we need to get on the street, or as you said, get out of the bleachers and onto the field. That's what you said. Yeah. It's 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 game time. And we're all, you know, if you're in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is in you, you're qualified. You're qualified to be on the field. Mm-hmm. You may have to brush up your uniform a little bit or put on your helmet of salvation and, <laughs> you know, tie on your cleats of the gospel of peace, so to, 
you know, and, and be in that moment. This, this is a time, this is a time of great opportunity to give our testimony to -hmm. Jesus. Brian, I was, I was just at dinner with a friend of my daughter's and um, he, we were talking about our favorite vacations and he launches on this vacation that him and his family took to Costa Rica. And basically it was a spiritual journey overseen by a shama where they ingested some kind of psychedelic hallucinogenic drug in order to open the door to enter into the spiritual realm and get whatever they needed as a family in order to live their life successfully. Oh my gosh. And it, and rather than getting incensed, it became an opportunity to share the gospel and said, you know what? I, I totally, I, I said to him, we're all, everyone is spiritually hungry. And I said, but there is a door that you can access into the spiritual world. And that door is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the door. I am the door of salvation. And I knock on the door of your heart. And if you let me in, I will come in and become your Lord and Savior. And I will teach you my ways. And he went so far as to offer us a, uh, he goes, I'll send your family there and I'll pay for it. it is, is, does this interest you? I said, no, what Jesus has to offer spiritual life, eternal life is free. And I've already received it. Gosh. And he dwells in me and gives me all the spiritual life I need to live <laughs> in this world. You had the greatest responses possible. Um and instead of yeah, instead of lecturing the guy or demeaning the guy or whatever, you spoke directly from the scripture as to how Jesus would handle the situation. So, and you're also correct. There's a hunger. I, th- this is a great way to kind of wrap up this conversation with the swimming monk, uh, Jeff Langscove, who, by the way, is online swimmingmonk.com. But Jeff, this is where we need to be. People are hungry. They're searching. They want something that that re- in reality is Jesus Christ crucified, raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what they're yearning for. But instead, they're going to shamans. They're going to investment strategies. They're going to worldly pleasure, right? This is what yes. they're trying to fill their heart with, when in fact, the answer is Jesus crucified raised from the dead, sitting at the right hand of the Father, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to salvation, who op- who knocks on the door, saying, I'd, I'd really like to come in. Could you just open up? I'll... And and I like that picture, Jeff. You've seen the, the photo, uh, the, the, the painting of Jesus at the door knocking. I, I like how the painter didn't put a, a latch on the outside of the door. The right, only way right. Jesus can come in is for you to open it, correct? That's right. That's right. And and you know that uh, Revelation three twenty. Behold, I stand at it's. Behold, I stand at the door and, and knock. And if anyone opens the door, I will come into him and, and dine with them, live life with them, not just come over for a potluck, but <laughs> come to live with you know live within right. your home, the home of your heart. 
it starts there. And I, I think as we open ourselves afresh and anew to our, the love of the Lord and walking with the Lord, we're more bold to then point others to that same door of salvation. And so, yes, open the door yourself, but then look for those doors of opportunity to share your faith boldly and lovingly, creatively um, with, 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 with those around us friends or strangers acquaintances um is i think is i think that's the adventure right now that's that that is the call right now jeff these are all good words and i'm so grateful that you were able to join us for this edition of the brian sussman show podcast we have covered a lot of ground friends Uh, i hope that you enjoyed this information And please share it with others. We've got to get this news out. This stuff about the Russia-China collusion, that's not being reported. What Biden said about starting World War III, that's not being reported. But you did hear it here on my podcast. Thank you so much. More on me at briansussman.com. I've also got a uh, blog post on much of what was spoken of. That's at briansussman.com as well. And Jeff is online at swimmingmonk.com. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for joining us today.